0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one, welcome all greatest show of them all this is the nfc east mixtape you can listen to this show on any one of sb nation's nfc east blog podcast networks that's blog of the boys for dallas Cowboys coverage bleeding green nation for philadelphia eagles big blue view for the new york giants and hogs haven for the washington commanders you can also watch this show on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog of the boys youtube channel make sure to pick the one that you're a fan of so that your youtube algorithm doesn't get all messed up uh this is volume 100 of the nfc's mixtape he is brandon lee gotten from bg and i am from btb brandon a c note for us here on the mixtape
2: wow we did it they said we couldn't get to 100 episodes and we did so
1: i think That's um us. on the subject of something i just said i think a c note is the coolest way to describe a mm-hmm. uh, like piece of money like I it's obviously like it. a, a cool piece of money because it's a hundred dollar bill but like what's a like a nickel? Like that's a stupid word. You know what I mean? Like a C a note C sounds note super cool.
2: On the piano is, I believe. Um, Give us the
1: pitch. How does a C note sound?
2: I don't know how it sounds, but I know it's like the two black, you know where the, the, the black keys usually are like in pattern of, not the band, but the, the pattern of like two or three. I know the like the C, I can find that one always. I can play two songs on the piano. Hot it's Cross like, Buns. Yep, You're Hot Cross nice. Buns and Mary Had a Little Lamb with just the three notes. That's all I know um bag
1: yeah um anyway uh volume 100 triple digits so now the titles um on the thumbnails get you know we, we lose a character you know what i'm wow. saying like we can't have the letter that sometimes goes off the edge now we got to be really smart about what we title them because the volume numbers have increased into three digits wow well
2: we bring plenty of character to the show so
1: um Do we have anything we want to get to before we get to the show? Anything that's pending in your life? Actually, um, can we do a vibe check on on the state of Philly fans and Philly fandom? I saw a tweet this morning, um, Tuesday morning. We're recording this February 21st from our good friend Seamus Clancy um this is actually kind of a, a bad thing to say i guess here on the show but he tweeted that he hadn't listened to a single podcast Well, besides um, this one he's obviously listening to them right, right 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 yeah so, uh he said i haven't listened to a single podcast since the saturday before the super bowl yeah. um so i've never lost the super bowl as a football fan because my team hasn't <clears throat> been to one in a very long time um so what's the vibe check you were pretty morose last week understandably so are things improved? Have you started to focus your off-season energy on anything? Like, have you picked up a new hobby? Like, are you are you binging through some Netflix shows? Like, what's the state of uh, of the vibes?
2: I've heard a lot of people say that <clears throat> it's only gotten, like, harder for them or more difficult for mm-hmm. them as opposed to healing. Um, I definitely took last week to get away uh, from everything as much as I possibly could while still running BGN and everything. Um, I, I get... I'm still in a spot where it's really – I keep thinking about – it's really hard to think about, and I kind of said this before, but I'll say it again. It's just like the best Eagle season of your lifetime, potentially. not saying definitely. I'm not trying to be like negative about that and saying, oh, it'll never be as good, so you should just give up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like – as a testament, as it's not an indictment of future seasons, as a testament to this season, how special it was like, you need to kind of, and I said that, you know, even before they lost, I said that going into the playoffs, you need to take a moment to appreciate how special this season is. So it's tough for me to like, think about that and also be like, okay, we're just going to move on to any other off season stuff. Like you would after any, at the end of any given regular season, like we're just going to look into free agency and everything. It's, it's just kind of a, it's, it's almost like a too soon for me to to really care about that as much as I usually would. Um, and again, I think that's a personal preference thing. Your mileage will vary. Some people, I think, uh, grieve in different ways and some people are ready to do that. And I, again, I, I respect that, I get that. I'm not trying to say anyone, there's like one way, right way to feel, but I think if there's anyone out there like me, um, I can certainly <laughs> go, I can I can um, empathize with that or sympathize with that, just not totally ready to dive in and and to get into all the analysis yet.
1: Um, I heard such a great take on Lindsey Rhodes's podcast. She had Albert Breer on last week, and they were obviously talking about the game. And and Albert Breer brought up, you know, it's amazing like what what the Super Bowl is, and obviously he's covered a billion of them, but he was talking about like for two weeks, both of these teams are like gassed up and hyped up. And I think that like ripples into the fan base, right? Like so you're doing nothing but like obviously like hoping to win on some level, expecting to win. and and sort of considering like reality if the win happens. And so you, you are like, you know you're already there like you know what I mean you're you're already among like the greatest teams of all time and then one team wins and it's like we lock that in right so it's like okay this team that won is in fact one of the greatest teams of all time Mm -hmm. and the other team is just left to kind of process the emotions of not being that team Mm -hmm. um, despite the like two-week run-up like I talked about I had never really thought of it that way um, but it is it is strange how like quickly the rug goes out from under you from like literally one of the greatest teams of all time to just another team
2: yeah, that's the tough part to reconcile because, like, I, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't think you can say just because they didn't win the Super Bowl, this was not like the greatest Eagles team potentially of a of a lifetime. Like right. They were so historically accomplished. The things they did—it's crazy. You might never see that again, and again, maybe they will. I don't know. It's possible. There's there's a better team that'll come along. Um, I'm not gonna say that it can't happen in the future, but it's just it's so tough for me, um, to you know, to look at next season and be like, you know, it's it's gonna be so tough to. It just feels like there's only room to go down and not in a negative way, not in like a, um, they're going to be terrible, but just like they could have a really good season next year, like a a really good season and still be like 11 and six or whatever, Mm -hmm. 10 and seven. Like that's kind of just the reality and and the natural regression of things. So um, yeah, it's it's a bummer. I I had a question for you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, What, how do you carry your money? So we were talking about money earlier, (laughs) like
1: a money clip guy of a wallet. Um, I was a money clip guy in like middle school, because mm. um, I thought that was cool. Um, so um, I'm a wallet guy now. And what I, kind of
2: wallet is it? Like the those wallets you see on like Instagram? that are like, you need the modern wallet that's like indestructible. It's... Uh,
1: no, it's just like a standard leather wallet. Um, yeah, it is a. Same. I guess, it, is it a bifold? Um, like it, it folds in half. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a mouth? I don't know. Um, like, because well, I've had in the past had a trifold. So like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it folds yeah, in Yeah, I do layers. the trifold. Okay. So I'm, I'm a bifold guy. Um, and actually, while we're on the subject, this is a cool, you know, let's get into the nitty gritty here. Does your, does the part where the money go, the bills, does it have two flaps? Like it has a divider?
2: I just—it's just the one section for the money, and then there's like a zipper section for like any coins I want to keep. Oh, uh, I—I
1: think keeping coins in a wallet is weird. I'm sorry. Like it just adds so much. What are you so talking about? Weight. I get some change. I'm not going to like keep it put ton the, in there. You put the loose change in your pocket. That's what I'm saying. No. Like it's like what do you what are you going to do if you get like six coins? That's so many coins to like you know individually like put in there. Like it's a lot of work. So just do it. Um, but I was going to say, um, uh, my wallet, the part where the cash goes has a divider. So, you know, there's like two halves. So I put the bigger bills, like the twenties and tens mm-hmm. on the back half and the fives and ones on the front, you know? And if, wow. if an occasional C note finds its way to our Joe Joa, it goes in the back, but I definitely have to be organized. It has to like, it has to make sense. I, I think it's when people just like shove stuff in, um, what, what, wa- or sorry, what pocket does your wallet go in?
2: Uh, typically left, because I'm right handed. I used to, what I usually do is I'll keep my cell phone in my, um no, sorry, my uh, wallet and my keys in my left, because I don't need those as much typically. You're talking like
1: front pocket or like? Yeah,
2: front pocket. I can't even, do back pocket. Even if you're wearing insane. like
1: jeans or something or yes,
2: like Yes, I can never uh, do the dude, back pocket. That's it's insane. Someone's going to come up from behind you and, no. and reach in and, <laughs> and take your wallet. And also, no. I don't want to sit on it or anything like that. Uh, and then I do front pocket, uh, right side uh, cell phone, and then my AirPods.
1: Um. Okay, so I go back right for my wallet, and That's I go so f- terrible. I go front I right there. I go front right for the keys. Um, and then I go. I put my phone in my front left. Uh, while we're like again exploring this here, and I think this is these are the interesting things, and this is volume one hundred, so we have to come like with the heavy stuff because everybody has to deal with this. We've talked about what orientation your phone goes if you um, mm-hmm. are watching a video. How do you put your phone in your pocket? um like does the screen face you it does right so, i think you're doing the same thing i am me yeah so the screen faces me and the the like portion where i hear is closer to the ground because you reach in i don't know it's just a natural motion I feel that's like. what i'm saying you, you want to like reach yeah. in and just pull it up and like wow like you know what i'm saying yeah. like a like a weapon and also you i feel like it so protects
2: it a little bit in case you put anything else in your right.
1: pocket mm-hmm. okay wow that was a good question um Anything Weigh else? in
2: with your answer by leaving a comment on the YouTube page
1: or tweeting at us. At hashtag and,
2: and at RJOchoa.
1: Hashtag mixtape pocket is the hashtag we're going there with. You go. there. Um anything else? It's volume one hundred. Now's the time to really I did of... I was gonna
2: say we should just do an episode that's not even about anything. Um <laughs> you would appreciate that as a Seinfeld fan, you know, we're, we're doing podcast about nothing.
1: I finally finished. Um I know you're still watching it, so I don't want to ruin it for you. I will just say. Yeah,
2: my season four, towards the end of it.
1: All I'll say is, like, I'm sure you've seen, like, people say the finale is kind of eh. I agree with that. Um, It's every
2: show ever. Any finale of any show. No one's ever like, wow, that finale was so good.
1: The How I Met Your Mother finale was 10 years ago this May, April, May, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So we're about to be 10 years removed from the worst one ever. Um, That was a tough pill to swallow. Like, I was a big How I Met Your Mother fan. And for a while, I defended it just out of loyalty. And then i couldn't anymore so yeah legend nice there <laughs> uh okay um anything else for real before we dive into questions about each team because uh, like we really don't want to do that but
2: you're gonna have like uh burgers
1: or something this week you said uh i did uh say that on monday football monday with um with pete and jeremy we did a special president's day episode uh, it was just like off-season <laughs> rambling, uh, sort of like like this. You didn't
2: have a favorite president. I laughed at that.
1: Uh, thanks. Um, well, I said they were all, you know, they all had their pros. Oh, and, very uh, very uh, uh,
2: non-political answer for me.
1: But um, at the end, we talked about dinner plans, and Jeremy said he was going to make a lasagna. And mm. uh, he did, actually. He sent us a picture. I told I him to. I believe here. it. Um, Jeremy's a man really, of his word. It was really, really, really good. I'm actually going to send it to you um, right now, if you can buy me 10 seconds. Sure,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um... I made some uh, meatloaf last week. Not bad. And, oh, you know, very shocking to me. Surprisingly good. Um, some cabbage in the oven, some roasted cabbage. Gross. That's disgusting. No, dude. It was so much better than I thought it was going to be. It has a funky smell when you cut it up. And it doesn't always look the most appetizing. But, Gross. man, it was good. Should I just it a sent try. you. Roasted uh, in the oven.
1: These aren't my, this isn't my lasagna. Jamie Reisman, uh, who runs Pride of Detroit here at SB Nation, he made this from scratch, he said. It wasn't, I wow. asked, and you heard, mm-hmm. I said, like, is this Can like a put, Stouffer's? You can't put
2: this on the overlay for the listener? The, uh, um, I guess I could. Um, give
1: listeners. me a second. No, give me another second. It does look uh, pretty good. I'm just yeah, going to do the first photo. I'm not going to do the photo of his okay. And for I do For the I don't audio people, to,
2: people, Um, yeah. it's like nice and browned. Um, looks super cheesy on top. Uh, It looks really good, honestly especially for a first time. like mean, this is the first time. This is really impressive. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> there you go. It's great. It looks great. Good job. By I Jeremy.
1: and like I said, it's um, straight from the oven and obviously, straight from the oven, but like he, he made everything like um, it was like, I mean, I don't know that he like scratch scratch made everything, but sure. it wasn't like a, you know, pop in the oven. stove for a situation. So good job, Jamie. He said it was his first time making it. And he if said you, it was uh, uh,
2: amazing. If you want that recipe, you can tweet on it at
1: him. Uh, Detroit on lion jeremy mm. reisman we should have jeremy on at some point i mean like why not you know what yes. i mean like we have all of our SB Nation friends and colleagues you know what i mean so hey but what's I the know. angle uh the angle is the lions are the team who's going to host the eagles in the playoffs next year okay <laughs> okay uh questions about each team um yeah. since we recorded actually uh like an hour after we recorded last week jonathan gannon was announced as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, everybody had all sorts of jokes to make about him. Um, and his like, what was it the moment with Kyler Murray? <laughs> I thought it was a um, like, I really thought it was a, not a joke, but I thought like that was like some, something somebody else made at first. Like I was like, there's no way this is real. He does look um, like Kendall Roy from succession. I don't know if you watch that show, uh, but nope. like it was the, it was the suit choice. Like the fact that it was, like a light Heather Gray. It just really looked like a dude straight off of Wall Street. Um, I heard Pee Wee so go- comparisons. So he's gone. Um, he already has his coordinators picked out, and uh, he's taking the Eagles linebackers coach. Is that correct to be his new Nick defensive coordinator? Yeah, youngest right.
2: coordinator in the NFL. He's only like 29.
1: Yeah, so that uh, will make... Not you, but uh, make anybody feel pretty unaccomplished in life. Uh, but, um, but yeah. Uh, so Jonathan Gannon's gone. Obviously, we knew that Shane Steichen was gone. So mm-hmm. this is the price you pay. Obviously, for, and I know that everybody's like, "Oh, thank God, Jonathan Gannon's gone." But like, this is the biggest question: is like, can the Eagles survive the turnover that is inevitably going to happen? Um, obviously, losing both coordinators, and we'll see what other members of the coaching staff leave um obviously free agency is going to come and go i've decided in my head that that chauncey garner johnson is probably going to return i don't know if you agree with that um but like he seems to be the one like you can't have them all you know what i mean like and i don't know that fletcher cox is back or brandon graham is back and things like that but cj you know kind of feels like the one that is going to be back of the kind of prized free agent so to speak feels like bradbury's gone i don't know those are my questions i don't know if they're all fair or one is fair none are whatever
2: what one of the tricky things about the eagles free agent class is that they have a lot of players at like the same positions. For example, you brought up Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, both free agents. Are you going to let both of them walk? TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, are going to let both of those linebackers walk? Um, uh, Marcus Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, are you gonna let both of those safeties walk? And so it almost feels like you have to keep at least one at each position. You don't necessarily have to. You know, you could have someone uh in free agency that you have your eye on that you feel good about or feel like you can get at a cheaper price. I
1: think the CJ-DJ thing is tough because um so hard to say that's why i didn't i can't cjgj it's really difficult easy to write but difficult to say it's tough from a standpoint of
2: i i don't think you can fall into the i've seen some people be like well how could you let him walk after you traded for him first of all he doesn't give up a ton for him second of all like that's sunk fallacy. i don't think you have to sign him just because you traded for him um Plus, and get the comp pick And well yeah and third is uh I don't know that the value is going to be great from a standpoint of he led the NFL in interceptions. And some of those were like, you know, um, right place, right time. Some of those were good plays by him for sure. But I, I just feel like you're kind of have to you're, – you're paying like premium like price, and I don't know that you necessarily want to make that bet because you might have – you may have already seen the best out of CJTJ. And I like him as a player, to be clear, and I think he got better at safety as the season went along. I think he kind of had some nice moments in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think he's the kind of player you would want to bet on in terms of age. And even though uh, some of that interception production was uh, fortuitous, he is historically a player who like gets his hand on the ball. He has a track record of like uh, being like um, you know a ball like a ball hawk kind of player. Uh, and you see guys like that, like guys typically who have a lot of high pass deflections. Decent amount of interceptions each year. That's like, there's some level of sustainability there. There's something to be said, like he gets his hands on the ball. Um, so I agree. He's kind of the top profile guy. I just, you know, with anything, these numbers have to like be sensible. You know, you can't be like resetting the safety market with CJ DJ. That's just not like a realistic price tag for him. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard because there's so many of these key guys. Uh, ESPN's top list of 50 free agents that they put out today from Matt Bowen has seven Eagles on it. So you know,
1: like a lot of a lot of key players so chauncey had six interceptions this past season um which is more than he had had in his entire career to that point he had five Do you know what in his three him seasons. and Dak
2: prescott have in common
1: um i don't know led the nfl in interceptions this year nice good for you um so again um one interception one interception three interceptions three inter- oh, sorry, six interceptions as far as his career um so you're right has a bit of a reputation to be a you know, around the ball, but you know, there is likely regression coming in that sense. I think a good example of that is a different cowboy Trayvon Diggs. And that was something that we talked a lot about last year. There was no way he was going to come close to that 11 interception mark that he had obviously in 2021. Um, And you can argue that he should have had a few more in 2022, but do you know how off the top of your head, how many picks he had in 2022 Trayvon Diggs? I don't want to guess like four. Three. So, I mean, yeah. And obviously, 11 is is ridiculous. I mean, 11 yeah. is impossible to live up to. Six is a little bit easier. I mean, not that anything is easy. But um, I mean, that's just the name that made the most sense to me. But you're right. Like, I think he's kind of a microcosm for the idea you talked about, right? Like, maybe this is the best Eagles team that will ever live. Like, you probably got the best version of him. Yep. And I think you've got the best version of him. You probably got the best version of Hassan Redick. Like, you could argue that you got the best version that you'll ever see from Jalen Hurts. I think his floor is much higher than either of those players, and he obviously has much more influence on that. Um, but that's that's kind of like the face of the question surrounding the Eagles. I think over the next few months. Um, So, what's your guess then? Chauncey back? Not back? Like if you have to really, is he is, is he is he the most likely to return? If I can get my words out.
2: Mm. i mean i think brandon graham is the most likely to return from the standpoint of i think okay, well
1: mo- most likely as far as no offense to blgs but like serious significant contributors
2: well he's a significant contributor uh he double-digit tax but i get what you're saying uh from the ones who i mean i just i think people like talk about he might not be back i just think he will from the standpoint of local i mean he lives here now not local like where he's from but uh but anyway uh yeah i i, I guess i think because like <laughs> i don't know It feels like they could go with Epps if they just feel like we need to be more judicious about our spending and maybe we really want to keep, let's say, like Javon Hargrave instead. And we value the defensive line more than we do um, the secondary. I do think Bradbury just seems like a lock for me to be gone because um, people want to talk about. I think fans kind of romanticize the idea of like players taking less money because sure. like they, they like it here or they want to win. Like that that matters to like some extent, more than zero percent, but it just doesn't matter compared to the money, which is like ninety-five percent of what players care about. And and Bradbury was put in the spot last year where he kind of got screwed because the Giants mm-hmm. released him way after the new league year started, so everyone kind of had already spent the money that they would have had to spend. And he had to sign a deal with the Eagles that wasn't, like, a terrible deal for him. But it was nowhere close to where he probably could have gotten if he had gotten cut earlier. So I think he just really wants to, you know, chase the money. And if it's close, like, I'm sure if the Eagles are, like, you know, maybe, like, a million dollars under than what another team. Yeah, maybe he'll stay. But I just think someone's going to blow – someone's going to have an offer that blows the Eagles out of the water with him.
1: I think if you're James Bradbury, if you're Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, if you are maybe Javon Hargrave like your earning power or your earning potential right now is higher than it probably ever will be. Right. Like yeah. I mean and so like you're right. Like you have to capitalize on that. That's why like I always thought it was so great. Um and I my I brought him up before my friend Jimmy, not Jimmy Kemsky. Um but mm-hmm. my friend Jimmy uh, brought up after the 2018 season after the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Um, he was like, why doesn't this dude hold out? He was like, he will never have as much like, you know, negotiating power as he does right now. He was eligible for a new deal and he didn't and he and he never had that level of, of you know, I don't call it worth, but, you know, that level of, of negotiation, um, he did still get a big time contract, obviously, but like he came in and changed the team like you could argue that he could have held, you know held the team over a barrel, whatever, especially after right. they'd given up a first round pick for him. And so like along those lines, like. Every player get the bag, like totally, you know, of that mindset, regardless who they play for. So, yeah, it's hard to see, you know, these guys turning down these big offers that, you know, I, like, I wonder, do any of them, we're talking about defensive players, do any of them follow Jonathan Gannon or any of them Cardinals in the future? Yeah. Like they're, they're obviously in a different state as a franchise, but if the money's right, the money's right.
2: Well, especially as the linebackers, I mentioned Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. I think the Eagles will try to keep Edwards more so, Um, but Kaiser White, you know, uh someone who was just with Nick Rallis in the position room um so not only Gannon but his old position coach as well definitely um something to watch then uh it's not like the Eagles have so many free agents on offense but still you know like the Shane Steichen connection having a familiarity with him that'll be something to watch with the Colts as well you know and these these teams that uh hire away from the Eagles and then there's obviously connections to like Joe Douglas is a little bit farther removed now from the Eagles, but, you know, him with the Jets and then Andrew Barry with the Browns, like, you know, all these people hiring away from the Eagles that kind of lends to – or even Brandon Brown uh, with the Giants who got hired as their assistant GM last year. Like all these little connections can kind of um, lead to some of these guys ending up in new homes. I did want to talk about defensive coordinator a little bit um, because there's kind of been uh, some buzz on that. I don't know how abreast – you've been kept RJ of the Eagles offensive coordinator situation. Um, but it looks like the the word is that Brian Johnson, the Eagles quarterbacks coach will be promoted to replace Shane Steichen. And uh, I feel good about that. Uh, Brian Johnson's been really impressive. I thought when I've ever, when I, whenever he's had the chance to be in front of Eagles reporters, he's been an offensive coordinator before, uh, including for Dak once upon a time at Mississippi state or working with him there in a quarterback capacity. Uh, also worked with Kyle Trask at Florida. Um, also used to be an offensive coordinator at Utah once upon a time. Uh, but defensive coordinator is the interesting one because their Eagles are looking for. Uh, they're looking at multiple candidates at that spot. They're looking at uh, Sean Desai, who is the Bears' defensive coordinator and has that Vic Fangio influence. They're looking at Vance Joseph, who they're talking to this week from the Cardinals, um, and they're also said to be looking at a couple. New candidates, as of well, well, sorry, I forgot Jim Leonard as well, who's kind of been like right. a really that interesting was like the, name. the
1: big name and big thing, right? yeah,
2: really intriguing. And then Chris Shula, um, and Jesse Minter as well. So, um, they're kind of looking all around here. It seems like there's uh, they might just stick with um, Denard Wilson, who I know the Eagles were like comfortable with promoting last year had
1: Gannon gotten a head coaching job, right? Uh, I know or, you, um. Wasn't there, it was a tweet you retweeted, right? Like it was like, like it was, I don't know if it was your line or something. There was something about how, like you said, like you wouldn't be shocked if he was the guy. If yeah, Gannon that was back in something like something training like camp. Right, um,
2: right, right. And Ganon was talking up. Um, or, or it just has in the past. Gannon has called Denard Wilson his right hand man. And I think the Eagles do. It's not like they want to like necessarily keep. 100% of what Gannon was doing because I've, they're different people. You're not going to keep 100% of it, but I do think they want to keep like some of the defensive philosophy intact, which I don't know that Eagle Sands will be very excited about, but I think that's what makes Wilson um, a likely candidate.
1: Mm. Um, okay, well, thoughts? There's still like, there are questions, but there are still some things like percolating. Like Obviously, the coordinators have to be like officially announced and things like that before Like I think you can start to I don't want to say emotionally move forward, but before like things can be known, there's still a little bit of ambiguity hovering around the Eagles uh, right now. For what it's worth, by the way, I also saw in Peter King's football morning in America this week. He speculated that he does not think the Eagles will be the Week One opener for the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, I saw I know that. we talked about that last week. So um, we'll see. I forgot who he said he thought it would be, um, but all the other games just are kind of meh to me. Like I also think like I know it would be emotional, but like I'm a big believer that that game should be of as little consequence as possible. Um, Like, I think week one should be the, is it intra conference, like opposite conferences? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, like, our we've brought this up before. Like I hate when you have like Cowboys. I know we petitioned for Cowboys Eagles week one, but like when you have to play two divisional games, the first two weeks of the season, like stuff like that shouldn't be, it shouldn't
2: be the two first weeks. That'd be crazy. That's
1: that's what I'm saying. Like it, so chiefs Eagles, I know it would be emotional, but it is technically as little meaning as possible for both teams. So that's, you know, that's a a plus, I guess. Um, if it winds up being that, but, um, okay. Any more Eagles questions? Um, no, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot, but not um,
2: like, right. right, 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 right. You know, headlining kind of questions.
1: Um, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, uh, when we were talking about this, you were like, there's not really much there. There isn't no. as far as, well, there's not a lot. Um, it's kind of quiet right now. Obviously, things will pick up as the combine approaches uh, and mm-hmm. gets closer. Um, you mentioned ESPN's top free agents. Um, they launched an article today, the day we recording Tuesday. I wrote about this. Um, they had suggested fits for all of the players as well um mm-hmm. and dalton schultz was on there he was the like highest ranking member uh, of the cowboys on there and they had the chargers as a suggested fit so it remains to be seen if schultz is going to follow kellen Moore there that makes sense um sure. especially because it feels unlikely that they would tag him i'll get to that in a moment tony Pollard was on there their suggested fit was the cowboys um there's all sorts of murmuring like there was a report last week from adam Schefter that Ezekiel uh, Elliott's representation is going to, I guess, like talk to people at the combine and gauge his value um, to sort of figure out if he wants. I've got to take some a pay- bad news. Zeke. Um, yeah, I mean, like I'm not here to trash Zeke or whatever. Like it, it's been such a like contentious argument among Cowboys fans for a long time. Um, it's been a fun era. It's been a fun time. We've had some good times, but like it's just. I will I will be a little bit disappointed if the Cowboys don't do anything. I will even be a tiny bit disappointed if they restructure him because like, mm. dude, like in, any 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 like moment for Zeke is a moment against everybody else. Like he's he's not an explosive playmaker on your team. And you have to come to terms with that. Um and it does feel like Mike McCarthy has slowly been winning that battle. Um as Zeke has obviously gotten a little bit older. Um so We'll see. But if I had to guess right now, and this is just my own personal guess, it isn't any kind of report or anything, I would guess they move on. But I mean, again, it it would be really I I think it is telling that they're even willing to kind of leak what they are leaking about him. Like he is a favorite of the organization. And so that they're willing to come this close um, says a lot. Uh, but so also on that list at number 26 was Odo Beckham Jr., who's currently a free agent, obviously. Here we are. I'm um, still talking and, about this. Well, his it was a waste of
2: time. All that stuff I'm, in season was so dumb.
1: I'm just saying his suggested fit, obviously, by ESPN was the Cowboys. And I'm just here to say this is going to be a thing until he's on a new team. And he's going to be on a new team, right? Like, time will tell who that is. Um, and I still, I, Odell represents to me what I want in the sense that I want the Cowboys to attack the wide receiver position with vigor this offseason. Now, to be very clear, if you ask me, RJ, who do you want the Cowboys to draft with the 26th overall pick? Um, It would be Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Yeah, I I interviewed. Yeah, he's awesome. And you can listen to our interview with him um, on the Black on the West podcast there or the YouTube channel. Um, He's obviously from the Dallas area. He said it would love to be drafted by the Cowboys. Big shocker. Um, that would be my favorite, you know, kind of path forward for them at this point. But that's why, like, if they sign Odell, if Keenan Allen's cut, they sign him. If they trade for DeAndre Hopkins, anything like that, it gives them all the more flexibility in the world. I don't want them to be pigeonholed. I don't want them to be stuck. I don't want there to be all this pressure on JSN if he's the hypothetical pick to come in and immediately carry things opposite of CeeDee Lamb. Um, so yeah, if it's Odell, if it's somebody else, like sign me up, that's what I really want more than anything.
2: Yeah. You can't just rely on a rookie receiver either. Like in theory, they could come in, have a big impact, not going to say it's impossible, but it's not something you can just rely on. Like that's not a good strategy. If that's your only strategy, it's just not because I think receivers can take time sometimes. Sure. Um, and they might be like a nice player right away, but they're not ready to, like you said, kind of carry the offense. I know you there, so he doesn't necessarily have to do that. Um, but again, might be better suited to be kind of a role player than a really a feature player in year one. So um, yeah, I definitely think it would be important to attack it, like you said, with multiple kind of options. I don't love, but that's the same kind of thing. Like if Odell Beckham Jr. is your only move, I just that's, that's not good enough. I think that's well,
1: not if, it's good enough. To me, it's like if it's Odell and you're hoping that Michael Gallup is better his second year post injury and you're hope, yeah, you know, it would be very difficult for Jalen Tolbert to be worse um, as mm-hmm. a second year player than he was as a rookie. Yeah, but he might just be um, bad. Right, I mean, let's obviously, but like, my point is, like, that raises your four. Like, if if even if it's Odell, like, it is a lot of attention, obviously. And if you feel like you can live up to it, you know, obviously, go for it. the The reward is is high, so is the risk. Mm, uh, I don't know if it so, is, man. I don't really know if it is, though. I, I, mean, I really it, am it not is, sure about that. It is theoretically, like, you know what I mean? Like, and so. And if you don't have to pay a lot of money, like, and I, I will say this, and I know everybody laughs at this, but like, I do trust them. I mean, they they walked away from from Odell, which it was a very non-Cowboys thing to do. Do you not mm. agree with that? Like, they walked away mid-season, and they were proven right. It's not like he. Well, signed so with did the everyone. Bills. It wasn't just them. I I know, but it's not. That's my point. It's not like he signed with the Bills or whatever. Like they, you know, even though nobody else signed him, like they walked away. They they kept control of the situation. They didn't allow themselves to be swayed by the emotion and the attention of it all. And they, just like everybody else, was proven to be right. So, um, you know, good for them in that sense. Other free agents, um, I'm work- working on something right now. I kind of am intrigued by the idea of Patrick Peterson. I don't know if you remember this. Um In the fall of 2021, I think he did an interview with The Athletic. Um, I can't remember who it was with. And he talked about, at that time, that was his first season in Minnesota, the Cowboys, Niners, and Eagles all reached out to him. I think he's an yeah. important name to kind of watch uh, um as a – you know, if James Bradbury leaves, obviously uh, the Cowboys have a need at corner opposite of Trayvon Diggs, you know, he, kind of a one-year rental guy, like kind of a ring-chasing dude at this point mm. in time. Like, I would love that for the Cowboys. And again, alleviates their need to maybe prioritize corner in the first round.
2: Okay. little Patrick Peterson, he's, always, he's kind of been a, a big Philly antagonist Um, in terms of one of the, the players probably I've seen most get into it with the crowd, regardless of what team he's been on. Um. I think he
1: kind of enjoys it. But. I think he's an antagonist in general. Like, remember when sure. was it this year, this past season, when they beat the Cardinals? I think it was this past season. And then he did the like, it yeah, had to have been. And he did the like video game celebration. Okay. Um, talking Vaguely about like familiar. Well, he did it like and he was obviously like poking at Kyler Murray and the Call of Duty stuff and the clause the oh, in the okay. contract, whatever. Sure. But it's like. Dude, that was your teammate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, it's it's one thing to be, like, antagonistic towards, like, the Eagles or whatever, like, whatever team you're playing. But, like, and I understand he had some, like, bitterness towards the Cardinals and how things ended there. But it's like, that wasn't Kyler's fault. I mean, maybe it was. But, you uh, know what I mean? Like, it was just, you know, I think he's, I mean- he's just that guy. I think
2: it's i i do agree there's some level of, he's just that guy but i think it's fair to kind of like roast your teammate who might not have been like working as hard as you and kind of like putting your That's hard fair. work to spoil because like they're not taking it seriously
1: enough um my last thing kind of question on the cowboys and then we'll get to the giants and um, commanders is we're recording this on tuesday february 21st today is the day that teams can start to place the franchise tag on players if we do see that happen obviously somebody will get tagged it probably won't be for the next you know i don't know yeah, there's the no reason 10 to or so do days. it now right Right. you have 15 days um in the nfl obviously um and so the candidates i would say for the cowboys from least to most likely um it, i mean we included these in our options but they're they're not happening um donovan wilson on an expiring contract has been a, a really it's a great player for them this past season but I just have a hard time seeing that happen. But again, it is technically an option. Leighton Vanderish uh, is probably their most important free agent to keep. Um, but the tag for linebackers is just north of $20 million. So really have a hard time seeing them do that. Um, no one's going to get Dalton on the Cowboys, is what you're trying to say. What? No I don't one's going to so, get tagged but... on the Cowboys. Well, Dalton Schultz got tagged last year. Um, and actually, you know, the Cowboys have tagged two players in a row twice before Schultz. Demarcus Lawrence got tagged two years in a row, and then Dak got tagged two years in a row, and then mm-hmm. Schultz. So, um, they kind of have a history of this. Um, but the second tag obviously is 120 percent of the first, so it'd be 13 million dollars. Um, I just don't see that happening. Um, so again, like Dalton, you want to follow Kellen of the Chargers by all means, go ahead. But uh, the most likely is probably Tony Pollard. Uh, the value is about eleven million dollars. Yeah. But like you and I have talked about this, like I'm not gonna be disappointed certainly if they tag him, and if they do, it will suggest that they are confident in you know his injury and the recovery and things like that. Um. But if they don't, I'll I I think I lean towards not tagging him. Like I'm not quite 51.49. I might be like 53 53.47 uh, towards not tagging him. Like I can definitely make the case towards doing it, but I'd be fine if they just reset or like you said, if they let him test the market, brought him back, whatever the case may be.
2: I think the Cowboys would be in very good shape, like in from terms of a process making standpoint, like this is a smart kind of what a smart team would do if they cut Zeke, no restructure, no pay cut outright cut him, um, And then, and then, and again, in theory, if you wanted to bring him back in terms of like, he sat out there on the market, no one's paying him, no one's paying him. You could bring him back at a later date at a cheap count. That's maybe okay. But point being cut Zeke, and then just don't even pay Pollard again, unless same situation. You're letting him sit out there in the market, and you can bring him back on like a reasonable one year deal. Then sure. But um, if they kind of if they put any kind of big resources into the running back position, I just Got think it. that shows they don't get it. And that includes Big John Robinson. Cause I know that's been a lot, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more leading up to the draft, which we'll have plenty of time for that. Um, but I've you know seen like this talk there are the so many people
1: who who in the same him. breath. So many people in the same breath will be like, "They need to let Zeke walk and draft Bijan yeah. e Robinson." It's like, right. what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> that's, how do you, like... that's what
2: I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, that process doesn't make. That's not what a smart team. Like, you don't need to invest major resources into the running back position. Like the Cowboys, it'll show me they're they're being smart if they
1: do not do that. Um, last thing here, and then we'll move on. But uh Jane Slater just tweeted right now in real time for you and I, uh that former Cowboys running backs coach Skip Pete is headed to the Buccaneers to be their running backs coach. Um, and so if the Cowboys do move on from Zeke, obviously, you know, that would be like a connection, right? Everybody be like, maybe the Bucks, Skip Pete is there, blah, blah, blah. Right. Is there a team? And if so, who is it? Uh, so two, you know, questions. Um, obviously one is contingent on the other. Is there a team that if Zeke winds up on you, you would be like I don't know, man. Just like a tiny little bit nervous. Or are you just at the point? It's no. like, nah. I mean, what if he's he I... like he on like the Bills or the Chiefs? Not really. I mean,
2: I mean, if he goes somewhere as like a complimentary piece, and I mean, it's not like scary, but it's like, oh, that could be a nice pickup. For, it could be, a, he has the potential to be a good value for someone, depending uh, on the right situation. And again, if they play it right and they kind of let him sit out there in free agency and he goes unsigned for a bit, there could be a point where. He's getting so overrated that he's actually a little underrated in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Um, Okay. Then uh, we talked Eagles. We talked Cowboys. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is
1: Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you said that you started a new show on Netflix. What is it? I wish I did. I mean, I don't have the time for that much in Seinfeld. I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. I watched full swing. um, Their golf documentary. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Wow. But I'm a golf fan. You like golf? Yeah. I mean, you know, so I I kind of, I'm not a, um, a drive to survive person. Have you ever watched it? No. I know we've talked about like not having the bandwidth for that. um, But I, um That's I what F one? Yeah. I, I struck an agreement with More Michael like Kist. You uh, right. got him. I, I struck an agreement with Michael Kist, uh aka the boss around here. And um, and KIST agreed to watch Full Swing if I agreed to start Drive to Survive. So well, Kiss does this big like F one TikTok thing, which Dude, I don't Kissed understand. What Kiss is wild on. I don't even want to. I don't even want to like get into that. because Like, <laughs> what's going on? I don't even know what's happening here. Yeah, um I agree. Like the first time I I, I saw one, I was like, "What's this?" I checked it out. I like, had like three hundred thousand likes. I, like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Kiss is like a god. Um, at I saw F1 him TikTok. tweeting about
2: that, and I thought it was like a bit, and it's not a bit. No. <laughs> it's definitely it's and it was
1: it was one uh kiss if you're listening i mean this in a complimentary way listening. but where he was he listens um no, Kist, if you not. listen and tell brandon that you listen he's um, too important but um he was like he was holding a nintendo switch um uh, but like the controllers and acting like a like a like a wheel like it was such a great like impersonation that he was doing mm. it was really 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 funny. oh yeah i saw that uh, yeah. so um shout out to um to michael kissed aka the boss Um, Okay, we have to go in divisional order. So any questions about the New York Giants? There is the like this, you have to be really careful around this time of year, like the reports and rumors and things like that. Uh, But Daniel Jones, I don't know if you saw this in the midst of your like hibernation that you're in. um, Daniel Jones switched agencies, obviously an important offseason for him, maybe the most important one of his life. Um, And there were the reports that he wants $45 million a year. Obviously, that's market rate. So, like, what a shock. Daniel Jones wants to be paid, like, market rate. What a ridiculous ask. Um, Tough times for the Giants. They're going to have to figure this thing out.
2: I was reading Big Blue View, our good friend Ed Valentine, and he was talking about how he definitely takes the Daniel Jones switching agents thing to be a signal that, like, negotiations are not starting in a smooth – like, this is not – a fait accompli if you will like this is a real negotiation and it mm-hmm. seems like the sides are not necessarily close at the beginning it doesn't mean they can't get there but at the outset there it's not like a foregone conclusion that this is going to get done um there's a couple ways to think about this and i want to get your take on it rj uh, that's what we do here on the podcast after all um we'll talk about the we talk things about things here, you know, right. give that's takes but uh um, the
1: premise of a podcast right
2: it's almost better. I feel like it's it's bad in the short term if they tag him because this you don't in a perfect world, as you know, the Cowboys, you don't want to have a quarterback on such a high cap number because ideally you just sign him if you believe in him to a long-term deal. But I don't know. I think maybe that you want to see one more year out of Daniel Jones, especially in a situation where he'll have some more talent around him than he did, presumably in 2022. Like I'm not out on Daniel Jones. I think a lot of people kind of are, especially from seeing like the temperature of Eagle Sands. They're like, "Ha ha!" You know, Daniel Jones sucks. And I'm like, he's definitely not anywhere as good as you know, like these top quarterbacks, at least in terms of being proven. Um, but I, I also don't think again he's still like a lost cause by any means. And he had a really decent season. Like he stopped turning the ball over. Uh, I, I think he get a playoff win in Minnesota. Like I don't know. I, I think it's not insane to me that like. I wouldn't move on from him if I was the Giants, but I don't know that you can sign him to this forty-five million-dollar extension. That seems like a little much. So I would, I would almost think the tag could be the best thing. Play it out one more year. I mean, the real, the real mistake here was just not picking up his fifth-year option. They probably just should have done that. I know that he wasn't looking great prior to that, but the upside versus the downside in that situation, it just seemed like the the upside was worth it there. Um, what do you think? I have,
1: a, I have a lot of takes. First of all, now a win in Minnesota is impressive all of a sudden when you, I mean, like forever. Um,
2: in terms of like quarterback accomplishments for the Giants relative to what the Giants have been able to do, I believe it's impressive. I believe it's impressive. I just
1: think them. the hypocrisy happening here is funny. Uh, so I think it's a decent thing. win for a team that's the worst team in the league. It's a very low bar my, to be. Clear. My second um, thing here is I think it's it's hindsight certainly to say that they should have picked up the fifth year option. Um, mm, but I, I, I do think that if you're taking a quarterback in the first round, you are like, you have to know then like we're picking up his fifth year option in, in what is it? Three years. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're, like you have to be committed to that point unless you like, unless it's a Josh Rosen situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, unless you've literally cut like the player. Like right. Catastrophically hurt. Um, yeah. Right. Um. So, I mean, that's that. Like, like, do you think the, Um. I know we're still a year away, but like, should the Niners pick up Trey Lance's fifth-year option next year? You know what I mean? Like, I think you have no. to be committed <laughs> to that to, to some degree. But like that, that's one of the like levels of extenuation. That's a different thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's hindsight to say that. I think this is this is a problem, clearly, but this is the best problem you could have had, right? Like, that's that's some important context. This is the best problem you could, and this is a problem that is a testament to the coach of the year, Brian Dable. Um, I played this game on my podcast, the Ocho, last week on the blog on the voice side of things. Um, so I think. The three best quarterbacks, three top quarterbacks, if you want to put it in the NFC, are, and, and order them however you want, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. I think those are the three best quarterbacks in the conference. And for the sake of this argument, let's presume that Aaron Rodgers is traded to the AFC or retired. Like, he's not on the Packers in yep. this hypothetical who is number four? Because I think there's an argument that it's Daniel Jones. Like maybe it's Kyler Murray if things break right. Maybe it's Matthew Stafford if things break right. Maybe it's Brock Purdy if things break right. Um, I don't think we have enough data to like fully say that yet. Maybe it's Jared Goff. If I would say Goff right.
2: in terms of like – I still don't fully believe in him in terms of like isolated situation. But in that – it's kind of like the Jimmy G thing a little bit where – like Jimmy G was not a kind of a top six quarterback or top five quarterback, but the 49ers would consistently have like a top six offense okay. or whatever. With so then him. he's
1: then he's fifth though, at worst, right? Daniel Jones is. I think he's um, fifth, even if you include Aaron Rodgers in this assessment, like in terms of who they are as players right now. And so, like, yeah, my, and like, I don't think it should be like, well, he's the fifth best quarterback in the NFC, like give him 45. Like, that's not my point. My point is like. Right. He, he's a much better option than like basically any sort of alternative. And I agree with you like, Oh, in a perfect world, you tag him and he proves it to you again. But like another game I like to play mentally is like, okay, we have new jobs. All of a sudden, Brandon, Mm -hmm. our job is to get the most money possible for Daniel Jones. All right. Now, Daniel Jones comes to us, BLG RJ, not sure what's up with all the acronyms around here. But the Giants, they want to tag me. Should I play on it? My advice would be no. Hell no. You can't play on the tag. Like I talked about Amari Cooper in the 2019 offseason. Like your earning power is higher now than it will ever be. You are not going to play on this tag. That would be my advice. Why would he that's do what, it? Why why would he play on the tag? Especially like you know people. Well, he people shouldn't.
2: I'm not saying it's a good move for him, but well, I'm still thinking like it how, from a team
1: like, perspective. Like, how does it? Of course, from a team perspective, oh, we wanted to play for as few you know dollars as possible. Duh. But like, I don't think he should play on the tag. Like, I think if you're Daniel Jones, you absolutely have every right to ask for market rate, and sure. that's that's what this comes down to. And so, I don't know that the Giants can pay him that. Like, I mean, I I really don't know. But what is the other option? I mean, like, what, what is the other, like, <clears throat> the, do you disagree with this? The Giants could win the Super Bowl next year. They could, right? Like, they, they certainly could. And so, like, but if they take a significant step backwards, as silly as this sounds, if Daniel Jones is not their quarterback, because, like, okay, they let him walk, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who? What's the path? They're not going like, to let him walk, yeah. But, but what do they do? Like, Derek Carr? That's, no. you know what I mean? Like, you're moving on from Daniel Jones to Derek Carr to save $14 mm-hmm. million dollars a year? Like, no. that's that's what this no. is about? I think you have to pay him. You're stuck. I think I think
2: you have to tag him. And I think you have to play hardball. And I think he's gonna he's gonna cave. He's gonna play at some point. It's not gonna be pretty, but I think that's what you have to do with him. I think that's the move. Um it's worth noting that uh, former NFL GM Mike Tannenbaum told uh, our good friend Ed Valentine aforementioned that uh, he expects Daniel Jones to get franchise tagged, and look, you know, just because you do that, as you know, it doesn't mean the negotiating is over. You can still you have extra time now to talk through, and maybe you can use that extra time to work out a a deal that makes sense. But I do think you have to tag him um, because I I just don't think you can sign him to a long term deal yet. I just don't think there's been enough evidence. Especially, it's tough because like the, the number thing isn't fully. It's not like fully relevant. It's not like, hey, we love Daniel Jones at $35 million, but we hate him at $45 Like, I don't know. Like, Either you like him or you don't. Um, but I still think there's – because of kind of the unique situation of how he – I think he realistically kind of did as much as he could with what he was working with last year. I think you want to see another year and then decide if you can sign him or not to this big long-term deal.
1: I just – I mean, how does this – end well um in the history of the franchise tag do you know the quarterbacks that have been tagged it's like what kirk and dak and although i uh, would say the Giants to draft a quarterback too they absolutely should so um i'm looking at Spotrack's history here they sort of i'm glad position, you said it correctly because nice. a lot of people say Sportrack, and it's not Sportrack. how could you say sport? i think some people say spot track but it's it's spot track uh, i've but, seen
2: people or at least like i've seen
1: people that would literally as sport rack so like, they put the r first that's stupid well, it's kind of um, confusing though because it's about
2: sports so i get like why it would like there's some kind of yeah but Mandela it's also tracking information
1: it's anyway um so their earliest documentation of a quarterback getting franchise tagged is steve young in 1993. Hmm. um but he was ultimately extended um peyton manning was tagged in 2004 ultimately extended Man, at the time peyton was extended to a seven-year deal for 98 million dollars just what a what a world um, Drew Brees was tagged in 2005. Obviously, that was the final year of his his you know tenure with the Chargers, San Diego mm-hmm. at the time, and then was a free agent the following year. This was a really interesting one. Matt Castle was tagged in 2009 after that season he played for Tom Brady when he tore his ACL in Week One. Obviously, he wound up playing for the Chiefs. Peyton Manning was tagged in 2011. Um, It was ultimately given a five-year, $90 million extension, which they Mm. had to get out of a year later uh, after the injury situation. Uh, Michael Vick was tagged in 2011. That was the Eagles tagging him? I yep. forgot about this um, and ultimately signed an extension with Philly. Um, mm-hmm. And then it gets to more modern times, which is crazy to say the 2011 is not modern. Uh, Drew Brees was tagged in 2012 and then did sign the extension. Remember, he had those contractual issues. And then it was like, oh, how are the Saints in such a bad salary cap situation? Uh, but to your point, the most recent examples, Kirk Cousins, who was tagged two years in a row and Dak Prescott, who was tagged two years in a row. Um, Dak obviously ultimately got an extension with the Cowboys. Kirk did not get one with Washington and wound up signing in free agency for the Vikings and has made a lot of money ever since. Um, so yeah, like you love to play the like what is precedent game? Like what is the what is the precedent that this most likely follows? Dak, Kirk, Breeze. I mean like That's your question. Yeah, like oh. <laughs> Actually, my, uh, my first question is. I think
2: it's a unique. Do you disagree with me? That's a unique situation, though. I don't think it's a standard situation. I think it's a very, it's a tough spot. I just don't think you can. I don't think, I think you're ready to commit all those years to him. I think where it's also unique is. I don't think he's proved
1: enough. He's proved enough to get like one more year, but I don't think he's done enough beyond that. So looking at it, by the way, Dak really won as far as like against teams like the other extensions that were signed by quarterbacks who were tagged who signed deals with their team. Um, The shortest one was five years. Uh, Breeze got one, Vic got one, Peyton got one, um, and so did Steve Young. Dak won a four-year deal. And that he was after it, too
2: early. He should have waited because I know, couldn't but I mean, like third time.
1: But my point is, like, if anyone beat the team, it was Dak. Um, More so. S- certainly. But um, but even then, so Dak was not a first round pick. Obviously, Kirk, not a first round pick. Drew Brees mm-hmm. was a second round pick, but not even by the team who tagged him. Michael Vick was a first round pick, but not by the team who he was mm-hmm. tagged by. Um, so the only sort of, I guess, precedent um, as far as being a first round pick tagged by the team who drafted you, is Peyton Manning, who was tagged twice um, in 2004 and 2011. Holy crap, I just did the math here, by the way. Man, the Colts suck, dude. The Colts tagged Peyton in 2004 and ultimately worked out a seven-year deal and then had to tag him when that deal expired. Like, what a horribly ran organization. Uh, The Um, other thing
2: with Daniel Jones, and if you tag him, I guess, though, is like, you know, then what do you do with Saquon? Because it seems like it kind of might be ideal to tag Saquon. Like, you get one more year out of him. You don't sign him to that long-term extension. That's the extension. most
1: ideal usage, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you have to accept that you're gonna have to pay Daniel Jones. So, like, I think that the like path of least resistance towards most likely success for the because like people say path of least resistance all the time, but that second half of that sentence is important. I think the path of least resistance to most likely success is getting a long-term deal done with Daniel Jones, biting the bullet, and tagging Saquon. That's it. That's the if the Giants do that, I'm legitimately concerned heading into 2023.
2: I guess maybe I'm overstating the concern about paying with Daniel Jones and that like you know I look at how the Eagles and the Rams got out of you know these mm-hmm. Jared Goff and
1: when they got um, out they paid him in 2019 right and they both, both. got out in mm-hmm. 2021 20, yep, I mean the, not even not even two full years later and they the, both got compensation for them well the Rams had to give up a bit more um, still I mean like yes it, it, even if they got nothing they, they both got out ultimately
2: well, and the Rams won the Super Bowl in part, right. in part obviously, because of that trade. And the and Eagles, while,
1: while they didn't win the Super Bowl, at they least yet, the they, they're still, they, they went to the Super Bowl, to your point, and they're still reaping yeah. the benefits of All right. the draft capital.
2: All right, never mind. I changed my mind. You don't, well, I mean, I still think you should tag him. Well, I don't know. Maybe, no, well, if you, can you can do- can't.
1: If you well, didn't have, if do. you didn't have Saquon as another variable, I would totally agree with you. Like you tag well, there's multiple times you,
2: you can use, you can put like potentially use the transition tag on Saquon or the franchise on just in case you can't. Because here's the thing, it does seem like there's going to be hardball here. So I I don't know, and you're, the time is ticking on this Daniel Jones thing. So if you're not confident you can get a yield, deal done, then I think you have to use one of the tags, not as like your plan, but as a just a, a, to give you more time and to kind of get that in place and then work out the extension. Um, and then so you, maybe you place like the franchise tag on Daniel Jones, and then the uh, transition, transition tag. tag on Saquon, because then if someone signs Saquon to a big deal, then you would just live with that, and then I you think, would walk.
1: I think that that is a dangerous slope because then you're pitting them against one another, and they're pretty united. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, they like they don't get the same energy as like Dak and Zeke, but they're about as close. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think you like you're gonna have you have to accept it. My methodology is always like accept that you are going to have to pay the quarterback as soon as possible The rams did that the eagles did that they were both able to get out of those deals the chiefs did that that obviously worked out wonderfully for them i hope this offseason for you know logic's sake the Bengals realize that the chargers realize that and to some degree the dolphins realize that like i, I don't necessarily believe in Tua the way you do at least but like you, you have this well, is, i'm not a Tua non on guy to be clear <laughs> but but like that is a different example because like you you're probably and, never gonna yeah. have a better chance to negotiate with him than than now. Well, so Yeah, I uh, don't know
2: even. I'm not really comfortable. Like, I, don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if Tua should play football again, but, yeah, it's a whole other right.
1: well, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, Tua is, uh, ex- some, has some significant extenuating circumstances, but assuming full health, clear health, that Tua wants to play football, some admittedly big assumptions, and you're the Dolphins, you have to get this deal done as soon as possible, the way the Chargers do, the way the Bengals do. And here's the other thing, Brandon, you're talking about, well, just wait, just wait, just wait. We could sit here till we're blue in the face, big blue view in the face, and talk about how Daniel Jones is not as good of a quarterback as Herbert, as Burrow, as Lamar Jackson, if you believe in that. It doesn't matter. Those contracts are going to be variables that Daniel Jones's representation, his new representation, using mm-hmm. their arguments. You got to beat them. Like I'm telling you, I watched the Eagles and the Rams and the Seahawks with Russell Wilson's mm-hmm. extension. I watched all of them beat the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, and those only raised the price. You have to be the first. You have to get there as soon as possible.
2: But you should still draft someone. You should draft someone sure. like, on day two or day three. Like you like, should draft the Eagles someone with in general.
1: I mean, yes, yeah. You know, Maybe don't do it if your quarterback is a little bit shaky from a confidence standpoint. It worked out for the Eagles, but like it also destroyed. Oh, no, I think wins. that's
2: great. Actually, I think it's good to do because then if they are, then you see that they can't handle it, and then it's time I to mean, move on.
1: You get my point, and it certainly worked but out. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. let's get to um, the Commanders to wrap things up. Um, no real new news except for the fact that Eric enemy is now their offensive coordinator. There are obviously a lot hmm. of takes about this um, across the NFL universe. Uh, We didn't really touch on this on Monday uh, because we just were kind of asking questions um, about the offseason as a whole. Uh, But you specifically wanted to talk about this. So Eric Bianami, Washington, um, whatever. I think one thing you and I like to do is to
2: assess the common take on things. And I think the common take, especially from what I've seen over at Hogshaven, sorry, Commander Sands, is like, oh, this is a great hire. Like, it's amazing. And it's just like, really? That's your take on this? because really,
1: yeah there's um, none of
2: that that feels like there's none of this that feels maybe too good to be true it's just like of all the jobs that eric enemy could theoretically land but apparently not actually land like this is the one he jumps at because it's such a good opportunity to be ron rivera's lame duck offensive coordinator and to work with sam howell really like that's, you think this is going to be like this massive turnaround for the franchise? This is the, this is a sign the franchise is finally gets, getting something right. Like I just, I don't really, it's tough for me to come in and be like, well, you shouldn't be excited at all because your fans, you want to be excited about something. I get that. You want to look on the bright side. I get that part of it. But just to like, think like, oh, the commanders got one over on everyone. They made a really good, I just like, I don't buy it. We've seen Eric Bienemy be criticized before. He's actually, I just saw today, LeSean McCoy who, you know, played for the Chiefs.
1: Wow. Um, I don't know that Leshawn McCoy's opinion is one that I value in today's day and age. But and for Jam, what Jam, Jamal Charles clapped back at LaShad McCoy's take. For okay, we well, go. But, like, there
2: was, there's was, there been some weird murmurs, though, about, like, Mahomes and enemy over the years. And so here's the thing. Once upon a time with Doug Peterson, Andy Reid wanted to get him out of the building. Not because, like, he hated Doug, but there were some things that went on where he basically wanted to get Doug Peterson out. And but like give him a soft landing in doing so. So Andy Reid was very heavily pushing the Eagles to hire Doug Peterson. Eagles obviously made their own choice, but Andy was like really pushing that a lot, and that was a big reason why Doug Peterson got hired. I think there was some of that going on here, where the, like I don't think the Chiefs wanted to fire Eric Bieniemy because objects of that are obviously awful, especially coming off another Super Bowl win. But I also don't think they were dying to keep him around. If they were dying to keep him around, they really could have kept him. They really, if they thought he was so integral and they had to have him and he is this genius, they could have done that. And integral. I don't think that was the case. Yes. I, I think there's some weird vibes going on there. And I don't know, man. I just, maybe maybe the enemy is being smart in terms of maybe he's looking at this as like, hey, I'll come in. I'll be the OC. Um for this coach who might be headed out the door next year as new ownership is coming in. And then, Hey, I'm, I'm a great internal candidate. Like maybe the offense does good, but the team kind of stinks as a whole or the ownership just wants a change because their are new ownership. They don't really care about Ron Rivera, um, but they feel like the enemy, you know, is a strong candidate because of his background. So maybe he's being smart on his end, but I just, I, I have my reservations about this really being like a, a needle mover in Washington.
1: I mean, um, what is the common take to assess it? Like you're saying the common take among commanders well, is like, Oh, well, how could
2: this guy not get a head coach job? We're, we're so lucky that we got him as our OC. There's
1: two different common takes and which I guess destroys the spirit of the idea of a common take. There's the common take of commanders fans who are obviously over the moon excited about it. And then there's the common take of like NFL fans and observers, right? Which is that this is ridiculous that Eric, the enemy has been held back has has been, um, You know, discriminated against, that he hasn't had opportunities to be a head coach. I think, I I don't remember where I read this, I think it was The Athletic again that um, noted he has interviewed for a head coaching position 19 times. Do you know if that's correct off the top of your head? I don't know. It's Um, obviously a lot. But he's, I mean, over the Mahomes era, which is now five years old, um, he has interviewed, obviously, a number of different times uh, for a number of different teams. I think he's actually interviewed for a few teams twice, um, just because they've had turnover in that time. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't. I mean, it is. It's difficult to like square um, from a logical standpoint. Like, why would Eric Bieniemy want to leave Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes to go coach in Washington and, and Sam Howell if that's the plan? Obviously, um, that like that doesn't make sense. Like, no nobody can argue that that makes sense. I know Eric Bieniemy is obviously arguing that. Um, to your point, maybe he but he does believe that Ron Rivera and and like when you factor in that level, you know, to this that Ron Rivera could be out, right? That they could have new ownership, that there could be a new quarterback, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. like the, there could be all sorts of turnover and change. Like it, it feels illogical in so many different ways. Maybe he does believe it's his only opportunity. That would be very sad and frustrating if the, if he believed that was his only opportunity and only path towards becoming a head coach in the NFL. Um, I think his resume speaks for itself. Like I know that there have been questions and in whatever. Um, uh, you know, from people who doubt him or whatever the case may be, I do think that people hold the fact that he doesn't call plays against him. I think that people use that in different ways against different people. Um, and this isn't to make it a Cowboys Eagles thing, but it's like, well, Mike McCarthy doesn't call plays, like what a loser. Well, Nick Sirianni doesn't call plays and doesn't get that same energy. And again, I'm this isn't. I'm not trying to turn this into like a disparagement against Nick Sirianni but like that becomes a variable for certain people and and not for others um and a lot of it just is contingent upon team success but even though the Chiefs have been successful even though the offense has been successful Eric the seems to get no credit for that I, I don't understand why that is
2: I think this is the the common take that I just wonder about i think sometimes we think there's these things and it's like oh how is this possible it's so unthinkable well maybe there's more than what meets the eye sure if it comes i think to that's this, possible if it's point where you know i i just feel like people don't account for that sometimes with different things it was it used to be there's different examples of this over the years it used to be like well how could they possibly play andy dalton over justin fields and i agree i said like obviously i don't think it's a smart future long-term decision play andy dalton over justin fields but clearly justin fields is like not looking awesome in practice he's probably looking really bad in fact when he was a rookie which is is that a good reason why you should be playing andy dalton over justin Fields? no it's not again that's the wrong long-term process but it is a reason it's not like just like random or unthinkable and i feel like people act like in these situations like it's just like totally random or totally unthinkable maybe eric is not a really good interview. And also maybe he's not like as good of a coach that we think he is. Did That's Brian, how, how did Brian left list? Like everyone's like, Oh, he's so great. You know, Like he was being associated. Like, he was getting so much hype because of the bucks and Tom Brady didn't really not so much, suddenly not such a hot candidate this year when Brady kind of looking older and that offense taking a step back. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying the enemy definitely
1: sucks or anything, but I'm just saying like, I'm not ready to definitely believe he's awesome. I'm not either. Um, I mean, like, I don't, you know, I in. I'm just interested. I'm interested to see him have an opportunity. And I think that's where, like, people's frustration comes from is like, and you mentioned Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, obviously coming from Kansas City, didn't call offensive plays, got the opportunity. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the boost that he got, you know, from Andy Reid. That's obviously a factor. Matt Nagy, you talk about Justin Fields, the Andy Dalton decision. Came from Kansas City, didn't call offensive plays, got an opportunity. So, like sure. that was that was not held against them in the way it yeah. seems to be. And, and you're right, like maybe, maybe he's, you know, not a great interview. Maybe he's too great of an interview. Like, whatever. There's all sorts of ifs or whatever uh that we simply do not have the answers to. I do think it's fair as we get to the common take from the commander side of things to be like, Well, this is strange, like this doesn't happen to us. But, like, I'm excited. Like, I mean, it's the best possible. If we talk about the commanders and, like, the result it has on their team, it's the best possible thing that could have happened to their offense, especially when you consider that it was previously Scott Turner calling it. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's it's certainly an exciting hire relative to what they could have gotten and I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like backtracking here because I said I, I felt like whoever they hired at this offensive coordinator would not be inspiring because of the situation because it's a lame duck offensive coordinator job. And we just saw the Panthers go through this last year and they ended up with Ben McAdoo. <laughs> like that was the best they could do. So um, it just surprises me that they would be able to get the enemy in the situation. Um, and I'm having a hard time, I guess, uh, reconciling that against
1: – um I think a lot of people are and I think that's like there's I'm sure you've seen there's been a lot of like frustration and confusion um and uh I don't know if disheartenment is a word but a lot of people feeling disheartened um about this and i think people are frustrated for eric biennemi um that he hasn't gotten an opportunity that that you know it's been five years at this point and he hasn't you know i mean i don't even know how many coaches have been hired what is the average per year eight right like eight openings a year generally so you're talking about like somewhere between 30 and 40 positions have opened up and i'm not saying he's interviewed for all of them Mm -hmm. but if if that number is right if he's interviewed for 19 i mean he's interviewed for half of the openings over the last five years And that he can't get a job when we've seen other people get a job who are seemingly less qualified or come from positions that are similar, where the offense in this case isn't as successful. It's, you know, so that's why, like, if I'm a commanders fan, I'm thrilled. Like, maybe he comes in and has the exact same, you know, success. And if that happens, then as Cowboys and Eagles fans, we should be pissed because now all of a sudden, if he is the future head coach, then they're in great hands.
2: It's a tie a bow on this. I'll just say, like, sometimes I feel like we should just. We should consider more angles when we're, we reach a point when we're just throwing our hands up, be like, how is this not happening? I agree that, obviously, there's elements of race in there, and and obviously there have been um, candidates who've been less deserving who've gotten jobs. I'm not saying Eric Bianami shouldn't have, but th- I'm saying because he hasn't, like, it can't just be 100%. Oh, this is a total injustice. And it's, it's inexplicable. Like, I don't know about that. You know how sometimes, like, a player falls in the draft way further than expected? It's not always because they're a steal. It's sometimes because there's stuff behind the scenes that we don't always are privy to that is, like, that are huge red flags that end up manifesting. And it's like, oh, that's why that player fell so far, because they have this, like really um um yeah like uh, degenerative knee or something or
1: or like like a a year ago when it was like how is he still falling like whatever blah 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 and i mean it does i I don't i don't mean to pick on the eagles here but like that's that's an example of a draft prospect like that day it was like what's going on with the kobe dean right now well and sometimes it
2: happens and it's not justified. And everyone was dumb. I'm saying that's also possible, but I'm saying sometimes it's possible where there's a good reason for it. And with N'Kobe Dean, uh, we don't fully know what his career is going to look like yet. He's looked promising in limited flashes, but it's funny because when he fell to the Eagles at that spot, a lot of people would be like, oh, he's going to be a star from day one. He didn't really even play at all this season. So sometimes, you know, players fall or coaches aren't hired or whatever. And there's, there's more going on than what meets the eye. I don't know. That's, definitely the case to be true with the enemy but i'm just saying i think you can't I, I it just it seems crazy to me to just be like especially from an outsider perspective if you're a washington fan you know go wild but if from an outsider's perspective you can't just be like oh wow amazing a plus higher by washington no downside here at all this is going to be great that's just like it just seems weird to me to, to act like there's no kind of kind of mystery or question with the situation
1: you mentioned the uh, LaShawn mccoy um I guess like question about um, Eric Bandomi, and again, like obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm you know I have a little bit of a bias there. But I I don't think that LaShawn McCoy has said anything that I personally agree with this offseason in terms of analysis. But whatever, um, and I I mentioned that Jamal Charles um, clapped back at him and and mentioned that in his experience with Eric Bandomi, he was a wonderful coach and is deserving mm-hmm. of an NFL head coaching opportunity right now. As you were speaking, Tyree Hill tweeted. Mm-hmm. um and he, like so like oh. literally it was literally like 30 seconds ago he tweeted shady mad eric Bianami told him tuck that ball with a uh, like a crying oh. laughing emoji oh, yeah. um so i mean i i mean his his resume speaks for itself and, and like like we've said like many coaches have gotten hired for much less than he's accomplished with the chiefs um so it, yeah, you know, they're a better team with Eric Bieniemy. I'm. I don't know what their ceiling is. I don't know what the future has in store, but they are a better team and a better offense with him, even if Sam Howell is the quarterback. So um, that t- that sucks. I feel like both the Giants and Commanders are getting better as the mixtape like moves along. We're 100 episodes in, and they're much better than they were at episode one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another reason why, you know, like the Eagles not winning the Super Bowl. Frustrating. It's like the division's getting better, and it's like, hey, can the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl? Like, yeah, in theory, but there hasn't even been a repeat NFC's winner. So you can not just assume that's going to happen. You can just assume they're going to get back to the Super Bowl when you can't even assume they're definitely going to win the division two years in a row. I think they can, to be clear. But uh, someone someone is eventually going to be that team to break that. But it's it's not a given.
1: There's no givens in the NFL, and especially in this division. It is a precious opportunity to be in the Super Bowl like you know and you use the word and I think you would agree um that it was a failure it would be a failure if the eagles didn't win the super bowl now it's a failure contextually right like it's a failure given the like opportunity like it's it's not a failure in the same way it's a failure for the bears to not win the super bowl um but it you know you're you're right there you know what i mean like i mean to your point mm-hmm. the eagles have only been to four super bowls right in in franchise history so like yeah. it's One it's really hard <laughs> like it's it's really 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 hard to to get to them um, and so, um, I don't mean to pile on or pour salt in the wound, but um, but yeah, so Seamus, if you made it through this podcast, good job. Okay. I don't think he has, with all due respect, and, we love Seamus, but still um, taking a break. Anything else as we wrap up volume 100?
2: Um, I guess we should have had a special guest on, but we didn't, so that's good. Uh, mm. and how about some people tweet at us if they want to hear? any any guest ideas that people want besides to hear from?
1: jimmy we're working on it jimmy will be on at some point in time don't worry but we know that one give yeah, us some else?
2: guest ideas that you want to hear from obviously i would love to get to you to on at some point Review i saw he posted wine. about the
1: wine thing yeah, yeah We got to figure that out so um, um
2: to is one jimmy will get jimmy on at some point um obviously you know we'll check in with the commanders and the giants those are givens but uh any any good guest ideas and we'll try to make it happen. and be ambitious shoot for the moon we'll try to make it happen you LeBron see James? Up there?
1: i'm gonna throw a lasso around and bring it on down to you i finally watched that go. movie for the first time this uh past christmas season what movie you know what that is you don't know it's a wonderful Bruce life almighty <laughs> wow i not thought about that movie in a long time um okay as we leave uh, the whole thing that led to the lasagna conversation was I asked Jeremy to promise us something he would eat before the week mm-hmm. was over. So, Brandon, I would like you to promise us something that you will watch before next watch. week's mixtape. Yeah, it could be anything. It could you could be like the local news. So, something that you promise to watch on your That's television exciting. before next
2: probably. Week. I forgot to. I started watching uh, Bad Batch. You know the, clo- uh, the Star okay. Wars Clone Wars kind of whatever spinoff. Uh, I did. I watched the first couple episodes, but I kind of forgot to stay with it. So I want to catch up on that.
1: Okay. Bad batch it is. Um, my wife and I have been watching like big time franchises as of late. So like, or the last like year and a half or so, we uh, we watched all the Harry Potters. We watched all the Lord of the Rings. We watched all the Star Wars. I think the next one up, we wanted to watch, uh, and we're going to watch the Jurassic Parks. That feels more like a summary thing to me. Like I don't know if it's like that. They're in the jungle. You know what I mean? Like I don't. It doesn't feel right. Like with the time of year. So I think um pirates of the caribbean i don't even know how many movies there are anymore like there are a lot of pirates of the caribbean Five, i think i think there are six like that's my guess five or six yeah um but yeah that is this is the last thing i'm gonna say that is the best soundtrack of a movie like as far as like just a score like that's just music no no words no singing that is the best soundtrack that any movie has hold on to your butts
0: Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,